After yet another loss where the offense disappointed a lot of Baylor fans, is it time to move on from offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No, no, you idiots. It's not. (laughs) Why? Literally, no. Like, and I, I've got the numbers to back it up. I've got everything that could possibly back this up. Like, don't leave the show now. Be enlightened. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. That's Cameron Stewart, who also works for Sports Illustrated. We want to thank you for making Locks on Baylor your first listen every single day. We, as a package deal. Cam, what if I told you? I'll, I'll intro this as if it's uh, uh, 30 for 30. What if I told you a football team with the odds stacked against them, would have 500 yards of total offense, 232 yards on the ground, 34 minutes time of possession, and the (laughs) fan base for said team, remember, this team has a handicapped quarterback, apparently, by the way, and the fan base for this team immediately wants the offensive coordinator fired. I believe you because I see it with my own eyes. We have become somehow the chief water holders for the Jeff Grimes campaign. Like, I, I don't know. I've never met the guy. I'm not in his bag or on his payroll or anything like that. But I just can't believe we see this week in, week out. And it's never from anybody. It's never from an actual analyst. No, very can be self- overblown. Can be overblown, <laughs> the term analyst, of course. But... uh it's just the same people every week on Facebook, on Twitter, and I just don't see it. I just don't think the quarterback's as good as they want him to be, which I guess is fair, but that's not that's Can, as good as they want him to be. Right. Can we kind of get into that, too? That, that, yeah, look, let's do it. Part of let's this is, I, I want to remind everybody, <coughs> this time last year, Jeff Grimes was the greatest thing that ever happened. Oh, yeah. Can't let him go. Lock him in. Someone's gonna someone's gonna take him as their head coach. I this even time, saw yeah. some people saying Aranda might need to go as head coach. That of course, are, right? That's the real conversation today. Bonkers, Tom- but... On tomorrow's show, should Baylor fire Dave Aranda? <laughs> Dave Randall. Randall. The yeah. the Jeff Grimes um, offense last week, the wide zone with Gary Bohannon. For all of you out there that are like, oh, there's such a bad quarterback this year. Let me remind you, Gary Bohannon was not elite by any means whatsoever. Not what elite. A great, what a great revisionist history. I love Gary. He's a great guy, and he did a lot for our team. Like, truly, I will defend Gary to the end. But yes, but he's livid with the best late Baylor legacy. Him and Jacob Zeno have the best Baylor legacies of yes. all time. Because people think they were awesome, and they think Charlie Brewer sucked. Like, it, it is amazing, these fans, uh, and how they remember their quarterbacks. They do. Remember when they do remember Gary that. threw that pick <clears throat> Gary threw the pick against TCU? And that was it. I Everybody, do. Everybody's off the Gary Bohannon train. I this do. guy sucks. And you know who they wanted to come in the game? You know who they wanted? Hmm. Who's the backup? Oh my god. It rides with kid, Snake. The baseball player from Louisiana. Yep. Louisiana. Evangel hmm. Christian. Yep. Huh. I wonder who that was. Right. Most popular. Is he the, guy wait, wait, wait. Is he the starting quarterback for the Baylor Bears right now? There's no way. You'd never There's know. There's no way because they want know. that guy. They want Jeff know. Grimes fired and they want that guy fired into the sun. 
What if I told you not only is he the starting quarterback, he tossed for 270 yards this past weekend and put Baylor in a position up eight late to win the game. Like, I You're last exactly week, right. last exactly week, right. I understand 100%. I, too, was looking myself in the mirror thinking, oh, my gosh, Blake Shapin is really, really bad. This week, he made a few throws, especially on third down, where it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this guy looks kind of good. He threw a couple good deep balls that Josh Cameron passed. But no, no, you would never know that. And look, this is not a I love Blake Shapin podcast. It could be. It's not. Like, we, we want to be objective. And we said that he was bad last week because he was. This week, this game does not squarely fall on Jeff Grimes and Blake Shapin. Granted, look... I'm with you. On fourth down and one, the toss sweep. The toss sweep on first and second down. That was by far the worst play of any offensive play yesterday. Yes. Yes. Well, there was the double uh, flea flicker. Max Garner tweeted it. Baylor has one trick play. They've ran it six times. (laughs) They they have. That's it's pretty funny. They the toss sweep on fourth down. Toss sweep on first and second down is an automatic seven yards. Automatic. It's so well blocked on the outside. Sims or Johnson did a pretty good job of, of plugging that up. On fourth and one, you turn fourth and one and do a fourth and five when you immediately pitch the ball backwards four yards. I get you're trying to get ahead of steam. It didn't work out very much yesterday. Uh, there are there are play calls that you take that you take and you say, oof, didn't love that. The Blake shape and interception. I will not accept because uh, the, the one where he throws a jump ball. That is a hey, we have eleven seconds left to go. Toss a jump ball in the oh, end yeah. zone. That's not on the play call. That is like that's literally what the it's like. The that's what every team does. The eleven seconds to go is let's just kind of toss it off the end zone, keep it safe, don't get it intercepted, kick a field goal. Instead, Blake Shapen was like, ah, arm punt. Whoever wants this, come and get it. And that didn't work out very well. Jeff Grimes coached an offense that yesterday, again, went for 501 yards, 232 yards. May I also remind you, may I remind you, the same Jeff Grimes that's on the Broyles Award watch list for assistant coach of the year and is currently being touted by teams like South Carolina, Auburn as a head coach, other universities as either a head coach or an SEC offensive coordinator who has coached a national championship team in the Auburn Tigers in 2011. Like, what? what is what is this conversation? Why is this the guy that we've taken as he is Judas? Let us sacrifice him to win. I just, I don't get it. And look, I get there's some ammo when they do run the toss on fourth and one. To me, that's by far the worst play of the game for Baylor offensively. And yet... No one's talking about that. They're talking about that final series. Okay. Let's break this down, which I did on insidethebears.com. Break it by down. The way. Because, Dancing dude. Because I didn't even really think of this at the time. Like, I wasn't mad when this happened watching in the press box as a Baylor fan. Um, so Baylor gets the ball with what? Two minutes left. Yeah. Roughly. TC was all three of their timeouts. Yes. And Baylor is up two points. So they really need a couple of first downs. And so the thought is don't get out of your offense. Don't try to burn clock because they've got the timeouts. Just don't, just play your offense like you normally would. To which I say, Baylor did. That's exactly Baylor what they did. Baylor did do that. So it, what, what it looks like, now maybe you get a little more creative with the runs. They ran it right up the middle twice when TCU is shelling out for the run. And then they 
do a scramble, what is supposed to be a pass, shape and scrambles and slides a couple yards short of the first down. <laughs> Water is wet. But, I mean, I, I just, at the time, I was like, damn, that's unfortunate. You know, that's a mark on an offense that um, just hasn't really been great this year. Had a good game on Saturday. Um, but you don't really want it coming down to the arm of Blake Shapin, even though we defend him. And that's what it was. And Dave and the presser basically basically saying without saying, we're not as aggressive as you guys think. We are not passing on every down. I don't know what you're watching the first 58 minutes of the game, but we're not going to start that with two minutes left. But he said it by saying, uh, yeah, we knew TCU was going to sell out for the run. They did that a lot in this game. That's what, and that's we ran the ball what, right. for 200 yards. So, yeah, I'm going to keep running it. And we, we had talked about it uh, on, in the parking lot leaving the game of that. It's so much easier to stop the clock on offense in college football rather college, than the NFL. Sure. Just in because college, of yes. that, because of that moving the chains, I don't even know if people really realize how much of a difference that makes because it opens up so much more of the middle of the field. Quarterbacks can scramble. They don't have to waste a down spiking the ball every every set of downs. And yeah. that's that's what kind of killed them because essentially, and I wrote about this in the in the column, is that when they get it back with 134 left and no timeouts, but in a college setting, is about the same as an NFL team getting it with no timeouts and a minute 59 because they don't get the two-minute warning as well yeah. to stop the clock. Okay? It, it's it's really an added part of, part of time. So that's why I mean like you have to get a couple of first downs. And could you imagine what would be, we be saying today if they do get more aggressive and Blake Shapin throws it three times? And they don't yep. get a first down, and TCU burns one time out doing that. Or, or we would be killing them. That would be so better. much worse. Even just better. because of the ineptness. Shapin throws a throws an interception, which has happened <laughs> before, by the way. Shapin throws a pick six on the first play with a minute and a half to go. Which you out there are going, that wouldn't have happened. Because you're probably the same like... person thing thinking that Blake Shapin <laughs> would throw the pick six. So that like. Baylor is only give you're only given the quarterback you have right now. Right. Right. And I know everyone thinks Kyron Jones is fantastic. I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. But I don't hate you're not Mitchell. bringing in Kyron no. Jones for the last drive of the fourth quarter no. either. It's that like awesome. it, I mean we would be skewering them today if they threw it three downs on that possession and TCU didn't have to break a sweat. You got the ball back with the same amount of time and two timeouts. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I mean, no freaking way. We would have been, you know what we would have said? They overthought Fire Jeff it. Grimes. They overthunk it. They, they got out of their offense and they didn't get out of their offense. It's just not as explosive as you, the Baylor fan wants it to be. It's just not. And you can say it's not built for that situation. Fine, fine. It probably should be built for that situation, but they just, they don't have the dudes. And Travis Roeder put it very well. And I swear to you, Travis, if you're listening, I didn't see this tweet till after I wrote the column, which I basically said the same thing, but I'll give Travis some credit because he gave a great example. Abram Smith was the dude last year. Yes. And when I say the dude, I mean a clock-killing alpha a guy you could get the ball to 
when you need to run out the clock on a third and five, and you knew he was going to get there. He would run over defenders. He did it in the Ole Miss Sugar Bowl. He did it where it was a third and five, and they handed him the ball, and he ran over a linebacker and got the first down and kept the clock moving. Baylor does not have that right now. Squirrel Williams is a talented back. Quaylen Jones plays running back. And Richard Reese is going to be a, a very good running back. But we have seen it time and time again this year. Those guys don't give it to you <clears throat> when you really need that first down. The only times they have were against Kansas and Oklahoma, which, Drake, if you put that down and you look that up in your Google search engine, those are literally the two worst rushing defenses in the conference. You know what this was? This was how the Oklahoma <laughs> game could have ended. Yes, absolutely. The one we were pooping our pants thinking it was how it was going to end. What Baylor did on the final offensive drive against Oklahoma <laughs> is the exact same thing they did against TCU. And nobody, nobody after the OU game was like, why did they run the ball on that drive? No one was firing Grimes that no, game. No, in fact, OU. I think there was like a third and six, which is a passing situation. And, and I, don't think, goes and I don't think anybody was thinking, let's pass it here. Nope. Nope. This defense so, sucks. Let's keep running the ball. That's what we do. Don't put it on Blake Shapin's arm. Also, and Blake yet, Shapin missed a wide open Ben Sims, too. <clears> Jeff, Grimes, Jeff Grimes cannot hit the wide open Ben he Sims. Blake Shapin has probably to a good, do that. which means probably a pretty good play design. Honestly, I wish Jeff Grimes would have hit somebody or Dave Aranda or anybody would have run on the field during that field goal. Honestly, I did hear people basically asking for that. Yeah, yeah you got somebody's got to like you know get take the penalty, just like go run out there, mess with the psyche, you know. Like if Dave Aranda just runs out and starts waving his arms around, you know, maybe pushes the kid or something. Something no makes that feel something. Good. That's what people you give mean it something. when they say when they I say get, you gotta give him something. There's a rule that you can't do a substitution. Why not break the rule, Dave? Why not? You can't tell me they didn't at least think about it. You can't tell me they didn't at least think about breaking the rule and subbing people in anyway. And the ref being like, hey, that's not legal. And Dave being like, sucks to suck. Looks like the game's over. Looks like the game's over. Clock says zero. Um, Some people people wondered if that was the case. And I get that. That makes sense to me in my brain. The I'm so late on telling you guys all about upside. Um, I is that a vacuum? No, there's something going on. Something they're redoing the house across the street. (laughs) I think it's all right. Uh, Upside right now. I save money because I go to upside five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars more. Free five bucks if you go to upside right now. Cause uh what ways that I cut back during inflation are using upside that gives you cash back on all your purchases. Restaurants, check in, get a cash back. Gas, grocery stores. Users earn more than a million dollars every single week. That's why they have a four point eight star rating on the app store. Down with the free upside app. Use promo code locked L O C K E D capital L. Get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten or more. Five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten or more. Using promo code LOCKED at Upside. Go to Upside today. Cam, I mentioned yesterday how Baylor is cursed. And yeah. um, we were going to talk. We'll, we'll get a little bit today into. Yeah, I mentioned that because I stole it from you. We're going to get into a little bit about Baylor Bowl games because we promised that on yesterday's show. 
But what? Why here? Can you explain to the folks at home why Baylor is cursed? Exactly. I'll try and do it as quickly as possible because I know we're behind. There's a difference between a curse and a drought, Drake. Okay, I want to make that perfectly clear. And when we're really splitting hairs here, it's going to be a lot about the Red Sox. The Red Sox were cursed. The Cubs had a drought. Okay, the Red Sox got there to the World Series when they didn't win it for 86 years. For those of you who are just football people, they got to Game Seven four times in the world series. They, they blew leads in the world series. They blew game sixes. They blew game sevens. They blew uh, big leads in the division. You just knew when push came to shove, they were not going to win. And most of that was against the Yankees, right? In the time that the Red Sox didn't win the world series from 1918 to 2004, the Yankees won 26 of them. So they were cursed. They were just cursed. You just knew that no matter what, they couldn't beat them. And, it culminated in 2003. Red Sox have a three-run lead in the eighth inning of Game 7, and they still lose. It's one of their worst losses in their history, okay? So I mention all of that, and I link it to Baylor versus TCU. 61-58. Awesome. TCU can't touch us. We are going to the playoff. They're not. It didn't work out that way. And since then, Baylor has been cursed against TCU. Okay, and I say that because now, after watching Saturday, we have seen since then basically any scenario you can think of. 2015, they're both top 20. They're both good. TCU wins. 2016, Baylor is ranked. TCU has a losing record. TCU goes into McLean Stadium and beats it by 40 freaking points. Yeah. 2017, TCU's good. Baylor's bad. TCU beats them. Okay. 2018, they're both bad. Baylor's playing at home. TCU beats them. 2019, Baylor actually wins. Okay. TCU didn't make a bowl Great that game, year. By the way. TCU didn't make a bowl that year. And Baylor went 11 and 1. And they needed a 51 yard field goal as time expired in regulation to tie the game at nine and it's three Bayer. overtimes to win. Okay. But they did win. 2020, they're both pretty mid. TCU kicked the crap out of them in that game. That it was ends up being like a flat 31, score. 31 7 at halftime, maybe. Yeah. Brutal. 2021, Baylor is on a collision course with the Big 12 championship and then the playoff. They are number five in the country. TCU, their all-time winningest coach, 20-year guy, resigns at the beginning of the week in the middle of the season. They have an interim coach. They are starting a quarterback for the first time in his collegiate career. An old quarterback still, though. And he throws for 460. And they beat you. And they beat you. It's your best season ever as a program. And you still didn't beat TCU. This year, again, a mismatch. TCU, a much better team. Baylor plays their absolute heart out. And they still give up nine points in the final two minutes and lose the game. Lose the game with a kicker running out there with no timeouts, not even going into his steps and banging a field goal to just rip your heart out. That is like leading by three runs in the eighth inning in game seven, Drake. That is a curse. That is a curse. I I pulled up the quote in the story. From Pedro Martinez that same year of 2004, the Red Sox had won 25 out of 30 games at one point. They were the hottest team in the in the world. And then they lost back-to-back series to the Yankees, and Pedro lost two of those games. And he said, 
look, I just got to tip the cap and call the Yankees my daddy. I don't know what to say. I wish they'd disappear and never come back. I would rather face any team but them. And that is the damning quote because that's what's true with Baylor. Since that 61-58, Baylor has beaten UT, big brother in Texas, three times. They have beaten the Oklahoma Sooners three times, which is three times as many as they had beaten them ever before that, okay? Yeah. Beaten OU three times since then. They have beaten Texas Tech, a similar type program, six times. They have beaten Oklahoma State six times, and they have beaten TCU once, 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 one time. And it is one play from being zero freaking times since 6158. And four of those have come at McLean Stadium. You can't beat this team on Mars if you had gravity and they didn't. You cannot beat them. It's back to Pedro. I would want to play any other team in the freaking country than TCU. I don't care if we are winless or if we are headed for the playoff. I would rather face the Alabama Crimson Tide that face TCU. They it doesn't matter if you how good you are, how good they are, where the game is played, they are going to beat you. And so there is a message of hope here, Drake. All right. All right. Because I don't know if you remember what happened after 2003. It was the bleakest. It's the bleakest it had ever been for the Red Sox against the Yankees. They think we can't beat them. Here we go. 2004, we have this great team. 25 out of 30, we lose back-to-back series. Oh, in the playoffs, guess what? We got them again. Here we go. Down three games to none. No team in baseball history has ever come back from that. And you know what came up after that, Drake? I'm sorry for the people listening on podcast. I got a little got a little prop here. A little prop here. This is the cover of the New York Post. About a week after the Yankees had a 3 nothing lead. And I believe it says Sox reverse curse. Because it was a curse, not a drought. You know, you go all those years without beating UT or OU. That's a drought. UT and OU are good. You're not. You and TCU are the same program, the same university. You can't beat them. That's a curse. Okay? The Red Sox were, you could count on one hand the last 50 years how many times they were really, really laughably bad. They were always good. They just couldn't beat the Yankees. They couldn't get over the hump. That's, that is the message of hope, Drake. That is the message of hope because in Game 7, they did it at Yankee Stadium. Next year, the Baylor Bears go to Fort Worth. I don't know how either team's going to be next year. If I had to bet right now, they'd probably both be pretty decent. That is the message of hope. But right now, you tip your cap and you call the Frogs your daddy, okay? I hate that. I hate TCU. I really do. There are some people that went there that I like. I work a lot in the Fort Worth area. I hate TCU. Yeah. I hate it. And we have had to take all that excrement, all that fecal matter thrown at us, and we just have to take it. Because even when we had our best season ever, we couldn't beat them. And the year after that, we're going to go 6-6, six and six, and they're going to go to the playoff as the Big 12 champions. That's That's pretty much it. It's a... It's a gosh darn curse. <sighs> curses are meant to be broken. 
I don't well, know when. Yeah, Hopefully well, not 86 years, man. I don't know why next year is going to be 2004, but... Yeah, I'm just hoping, Drake. Hoping against all hope. Please. Yeah, Baylor fans really milked that whole 61-58 thing only for that they to really completely did, backfire. They really did. And I, I don't know. It was a deal with the devil, man. It really was. I don't know if it's the Chris Callahan curse because he certainly had his uh, his differences with Baylor fans the next year. I don't know if it's the Gary Patterson curse because he was there for half the wins. I don't know if it was the Art Browse curse because he lost to them the next year too. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know when it's coming again. And it's going to take a couple of wins to really be able to throw it in TCU's yeah. face. It's, we're I mean, a long way from that. It's been, I've seen Baylor beat TCU just once. Only one time in four years. I'm considerably older than you. We've seen it the same amount. Oh, My grandfather and I have seen the same Red Sox World Series victories. So <laughs> take that into account. BetOnline is the place to where the game starts. Go bet online. Go wager. Do some wagering. Do you ever do bet online? I do. Yeah, I don't bet I, a lot, but I do use bet online because it's super easy for me. I bet online and I lose money the last two weeks. So if anybody wants to send me money, then you can. Bet online is uh, got podcast lines, live stuff, all that jazz. Uh, BetOnline.net. I'm just sad now because of what you've given because me I here. dropped some facts. It's getting some mixed reviews on social media. By the way, that story. So. What bowl games Baylor are going to go to? That's that's better news. <laughs> yeah, just give us the Texas Bowl at this point. That's always a fun time. I think it's going to be the Texas Bowl. There are really a couple options. Cheese it Bowl is I'll in take play. the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That'd be awesome. My girlfriend's family lives in Charlotte. Make a whole day out of it. Clear your calendars December 27, 28, 29. It'll be one of those three days probably. Cheese it Bowl in Orlando. Texas Bowl, that's in Houston. Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. Those are the three big ones. Maybe Liberty Bowl. They fall to Liberty Bowl. I don't think that'll happen, but it's it's in play. Um, who would be your preferred opponent in the Texas Bowl? Give me a 2018 rematch. It's literally not possible, but I would love to see Vanderbilt there. Oh, yeah. They're hot. I think they've already lost their seventh game. I, I don't know. who's the Who's the six and six team out of the SEC? The, the University of Arkansas Razorbacks are right there. That's awesome. great. Southwest Conference, Houston. Baylor, Arkansas, Texas. That's Bowl great. Would be really neat. <laughs> That'd be a lot of Hogs fans, though. Yes, too many. Including Drake Way Tull. more than Baylor fans. The Alamo Bowl. Ah, that one's a fun matchup. Who's I always like getting a West Alamo? Coast Pac-12 team in there. Um, Oregon State's ranked, so they're not going to go 6-6. Six and six. I have no idea these teams' records, by the way. It's going to be – Alamo Bowl is going to be like UCLA. It's got to be one of Oregon. Because oh, it's going to be like the UCLA. third place. Yes. So you're going to. Oh. Maybe Utah, gonna, too, by the way. You know what? You know what? Give me that one. Give me Utah? that one. Utah? Oregon. Give me, give, just give me the Alamo Bowl. You get the third place team in the. Give me the third place team in the Pac 12, right? I think that's uh, it. Probably. Which is going to be a top 15, top 20 team. Yeah. I like Baylor's chances. Six and six Baylor, six and six Baylor against like nine and three UCLA. Yeah. In San Antonio. Yeah. Awesome. I like their chances. Uh, Liberty Bowl. <laughs> Liberty Bowl would be like a Missouri if they're even bowl eligible. Missouri, probably. Maybe like a rogue Miss Ole Miss, 
State. Mississippi State. Well, probably. Ole Miss will be a good team. Well, a decent team that finishes like fifth in the conference, right? Yeah, they lost bad to Arkansas. Like China Spring Western Hills, bad. That's bad. And then, if you're gonna play the Cheez It Bowl, who's your preferred matchup? What conference is that? Oh, it's the ACC. <laughs> well, I don't think they're, they're. Well, I know they're not bowl eligible. I would love a little BUBC action, but that's not even close. Happen. Um, so Cheez It Bowl would be like fourth or fifth place in the ACC. So. Probably Duke. Exact some revenge on the Blue Devils. I would not mind at all. From the back-to-back losses in 17 or 18? In 18, that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Danny Jones' uh, Duke Blue Devils? Duke's not bad. Maybe like a... Good university. Good NC basketball State, arena. NC State, Wake Forest. State's good. Be. Yeah, that'd be fun. Wake all right, would pick well, us apart. Yeah. With a lot of passing. Yeah. Drake told Cameron Stewart, Sports Illustrated, Inside the Bears. Come back to oh no show tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's Wednesday. No show tomorrow because of Thanksgiving and holidays and stuff. Enjoy your stuff with the families and whatever. Um, have fun and all that jazz. Be thankful for something. This has been always will be locked on. I still hate to be lost on Saturday. Baylor. <laughs> <laughs>